0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is in our midst. If we look at the past few weeks, we see a theme that's been coming up, touching on light and restoration. It of course began with the great Feast of Theophany, the baptism of our Lord on January 6th, which was the great revelation of Christ to the world, the revelation of God to the world through whom every person who sat in spiritual darkness was enlightened. He was and is the light of life, who gives light to everything. This past week, we saw Christ healing ten lepers, by which they were restored to their society. And today, we encounter a blind man, who experienced both illumination and restoration by encountering Christ. There's an interesting phrase that I picked up in both in last week's reading and in today's. As we know, Christ heals someone in both instances. He heals the ten lepers last week. He heals this man, this blind man today. And after he heals them, he says, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. And that got me thinking down that road, what does it mean to have faith? And what is the bearing that faith has on wellness? And I looked at the, at the original as the gospel was written in Greek. And the word in Greek is not well. It doesn't talk about healing. It's a variation of the word to save. So really a better translation that Christ tells this, this, this blind man today is that his faith saved him. His faith saved him. This changes the thrust of the encounter quite a bit, because when we hear this in this current translation, we may be inclined to think of this account, to hear this account, and think that the man was healed of his blindness simply because he believed that Christ could do it. But Christ didn't say to him, your faith has caused you to see. He said that his faith saved him. Why? The first thing that we have to realize is that the point of this gospel account is not about the man's blindness. It's not about his blindness. Physical ability or spiritual growth isn't dependent on whether people have sight or not. His blindness was in no way an obstacle to his holiness. This account is primarily an example of exposing spiritual blindness. Certainly. Of course, we know in the first century, people saw blindness with a tremendous stigma. They thought that blindness was the result of someone's fault, some wrongdoing of sorts. And of course, we know that this is not the case. Some people have sight and some do not. And that fact, either way, does not define us. But we take this gospel account as an example and a reminder for us to think about the state of our own spiritual sight. What is the state of our spiritual eyes? The second thing to remember is that sight is not limited to the functionality of our physical eyes. Our eyes are the tools by which we see, the tools by which we participate in the activity of sight or perception. Our physical sight is certainly a blessing to us, but we know that people without it are still able to perceive life around them. This man on the side of the road who met Christ, we could say had even more clear sight than the disciples because he, even though he was unable to describe what Christ physically looked like, he had the spiritual sight to recognize his creator and his savior. His physical healing was a manifestation of Christ's power, an example that would help this man to testify to God's mercy, to affect the lives of real people, to change us by his love for us. This gospel account also challenges our modern mindset of thinking that the physical world is everything. We have to remember that and realize that Christ is with us. He is with us and he is among us. We sing over and over again, God is the Lord and has appeared to us. He has appeared to us, not just to those with sight who saw him in person, but to everyone, to all people. And our spiritual perception is what is lacking. Do we perceive Christ in our midst? If we're honest with ourselves, we admit that sometimes we close the eyes of our soul to God. We think to ourselves, if I can't see him, then he must not be here. But we know that this isn't true. To say that God hides himself from the sinful and the suffering is to say that the sun hides itself from the blind. He is, of course, always with us, and we are the ones who turn away. And so we ask ourselves today, what spiritual realities am I unaware of? How is God speaking to me? Why do I not hear him? We all need to grow, one way or another, to know God more fully. We must be open to realizing the nature of that growth, to open ourselves up to the river of God's love, to be changed by his love, like this man on the side of the road. We must go to him and call to him, asking for his mercy, to be washed over by the flow of his mercy. God is around us and always within us. He's waiting for us to cry out to him like the man today, Jesus, have mercy on me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.